We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast coming to you live on a Thursday evening. We have football on TV right now. If you're watching the uh, Patriots and Texans, you know, we've officially made it to to Chargers preseason game talk as well as the Chargers will be taking on the Rams on Saturday night. So this has been a been a good week to kind of shift gears a little bit and, and, and focus in on on some football games that don't count, as Tyler always likes to say. Tyler's here, as always, with me. What's up, man? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, dude. We've got football. We've got real freaking football. I'm not faking some effing something of nothing that doesn't count or some June random piece about something, you know, an entire episode about one quote or one undrafted <laughs> free agent. Like, no, it is, it is football, and it doesn't count, but it's here, and I'm very, very excited. Um, yes, as Alex pointed out, that Philip Rivers, um, you yeah. know, thing about maybe just like just playing in the Super Bowl and that's it is wild. Uh, we'll never, I guess, know unless the 49ers get back there again and need a quarterback and need Philip Rivers. Um, but what a story! But otherwise, I'm excited. Chargers football is back. The next time we're on the Chargers YouTube channel, we'll actually be able to talk about real football that happens. And <laughs> it just it feels like the longest gosh darn off season since you and I have started doing this because there's always been, you know, maybe reverse final year 
or that was even after like the 2018 season where it's like, okay, maybe they'll go to the Super Bowl this year. And yeah. then 2020 was like, yeah, COVID was, bleh. but at least like, you know, you drafted, you know, Justin Herbert, 2021, Brandon Saley, 2022, all in. This was like the most, nothing really happened, even though a lot did happen, but there wasn't a lot, many, there weren't many things that happened to really carry us to this offseason. So I'm excited for this real football that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, the, the 2020 offseason was long for obviously a very different reason. Um, you know, I remember that offseason. That was our first offseason covering, you know, the, the team. And uh, that was after Jason had joined the military and you were doing your your bachelor's program. And so it was just me and Alex. And like, I, I remember doing like an episode on like numbers, the Chargers should retire and like talking about <laughs> <laughs> like Leslie O'Neill on like number 91, which like, yeah. yeah, like they probably should retire that. But yeah, um, yeah, it was it, that off season was long for a very different reason. But this one just, you know, I, there was just not a lot of hype around this team. And I think the fans are starting to, to build that hype yeah. up within the fan base. But you know, there's very little media coverage happening about the Chargers this year, which I think is is probably a good thing, you know, and, um, you know, coming in as the underdog maybe this year and people trying to maybe taking the wait and see approach from a national perspective. But, um, yeah, I'm excited about it. I always like watching at least some of the preseason, you know, like um, for the most part, when you watch like a first half of a preseason game, like you'll, there's like prominent rookies, prominent second yeah. players that you're like, excited to watch you know some teams will play some stars here and there but you know once you get into the second half and it turns into uh you know the eight string running back or whatever that gets a little dicey to watch from a non-chargers perspective but um, i'm excited to watch tonight we'll dive into all of that game that's coming up on uh saturday night so just a little bit of housekeeping we are going to go live for a quick recap on saturday after the game is over um, and then, like Tyler says, we'll have a bit more of a a broader view recap of the game happening on the Chargers feed on Tuesday that we'll record for you guys. And then, um, you know, th that's kind of how the schedule is going to be, you know, for the, the preseason games. And, and we'll keep you posted about the regular season. But um, for the next couple of weeks, we'll have some quick recaps about the, the game after the game is over and then have a more broader view on the uh, Chargers episode on Tuesdays. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we go from reacting immediately to a game. Preseason, you know, kind of whatever, like we just move on. But, you know, win or lose, how do we react immediately to that game? And then how do we collect ourselves for the Chargers episode on Tuesday, good or bad? So should yeah. be fun. Like you'll get like just the instant reaction, you know, good or bad. How do we feel the best and worst of, of what that game was about? And then a more like measured, but also like in detail approach. Like we'll actually have the PFF stats. Unfortunately, you know, because Arjun's with the Jets, we won't have those like unofficial stats pretty early on like yeah. we used to. So, I don't know, Alex, you're going to chart uh, all the the trench snaps for us um, <laughs> and report back to us. Yeah, I saw that. There's like a, a Texans beat writer who's like breaking down snap counts of every single drive for them, and I'm like, that's that's a little that's a little much for me. You know, he like tweeted out like <laughs> receiver snap counts for that for each of the drives that the Texans have had. And I'm just like, that's, that's a bit much for me. Yeah. Although I actually, um, one thing I've appreciated, and I, I don't recall if Popper has done this before, but I feel like he's doing a very good job of stat tracking in camp. I know yeah. previously I had to go back through it and, and, and try to count up everything that he had said 
about a player. So now he's talking about like like today. What, what was Asante Samuel Jr. stats? Four picks and 16 passes defended in yep. 12 camp days. Love that. Pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. pretty good. Well, <laughs> well, we can certainly talk about that as well. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend. You know, I, I'm glad that we can sit down and watch some football. It'll feel like a, a normal, you know, fall Saturday, even though it's still really freaking hot up here. Um, but, yeah, excited to uh, dive in there. Um uh, unfortunately, you have to start with some injury news today. Uh, as you guys know, Joshua Palmer uh, was injured in some capacity today. Um, you know, when I watched the video of the play that got him injured, I, I thought maybe at first it was a shoulder injury, but seemed like they were l- working on some kind of lower body issue. Um, and ultimately, he did go to the tent. So we don't we don't know much right now. Um, you know, I think people who are kind of freaking out on Twitter about it should maybe take a breath for a second. And I understand that he's had an awesome camp. You know, he's been everything that we could have wanted for him thus far in training camp. And it's been, you know, really showing that chemistry with Justin Herbert and just being able to take that next, next step. So I think there's a lot to be excited about there, but we don't know much about the injury as of yet. I don't think we'll really know probably until uh, after the game when, when Brandon stayed yeah. got it on uh, Saturday night. Yeah. Unfortunate because Josh Palmer has been pretty good. He just has always been a bit banged up. Two concussions, I think a knee thing, an mm-hmm. ankle thing, and that was just all last year. So to see this is a bit of a bummer. I will say that, you know, if, if nothing else, just be patient with the injury for fans who are worried. Um, of course, you're worried about the injury, but the Chargers have had, outside of the players that were coming off actual injuries, um, and even then, J.C. Jackson came back pretty quick, you know, guys like Trey Pipkins did end up getting back out there. JC had a kind of a, a soreness setback. He got back out there. Um, Sebastian Joseph Day, I thought he'd be out for much longer than this. I know they just said yeah. some time, but when you say some time, I feel like a month, you yeah. know, at least a few weeks. And the fact that he was already back out there is great because everyone did like the, you know, Google Med, you know, Web Med or whatever. And it was like <laughs> contusion, four weeks, yeah. two years, lifetime yeah. illness. Like, so to see him back out there so quick is awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's definitely some good news. You know, Sebastian Joseph Day, um, just to clarify, was participating in individual drills today. So he, he didn't participate yeah. with like the pads on in terms of the, the actual team drills and stuff like that. But this was a positive step. I think this means he technically only missed like three practices, maybe four, because um, he missed Sunday and then... Yeah, it was it was I don't even think the injury was was a week in terms of his um, coming back to individual drills. So I would expect him to be back, you know, full effort, 100 percent, probably at the end of next week. Just kind of guessing there's totally speculatory there. Um, other injury news, as Alex points out, John Hightower also injured right now. We don't really know much. We know even less about his injury because that happened when um, fans were not at practice. Um, so he did not practice today. Um, I don't even think anybody asked about his injury after the practice today, which is unfortunate. Um, so don't know anything about John Hightower other than he is injured, but we'll see about that. Um, in terms of the preseason game, and we can dive into this, I think the Chargers have enough depth at receiver to you know, still be able to evaluate the offense right now. This is not, yeah. this is not like a Sunday scrimmage offensive tackle thing. Um, which thankfully has kind of resolved itself a little bit. 
Um, but yeah, for Palmer and Hightower, we know basically nothing about their injuries right now. So uh, for the time being, just take a deep breath and, and send some positive vibes their way. Yeah, and there's enough players who can jump into the rotation that should be able to do something. I mean, Terrell Bynum was kind of a non-story for the first week, week and a half. Um, but at the scrimmage and through the, some practices recently, he's really been involved. And I, I think he'll certainly be involved early and often. Um, but yeah, bummer for Hightower. I, I don't know if it changes anything about how they feel about him. But I just think that you had to kind of bat a thousand and be out there and get into there in the preseason and get that 40-yard touchdown or just show that yeah. you're you know, a consistent presence. So if he can't do that, that's kind of a bummer because the only thing he, he couldn't have done at this point was get injured. Um, so hopefully he's back out there sooner rather than later. Yeah, that that definitely is you know important from a roster standpoint, and we'll see. Although, like, if he just misses this one game, I don't think it matters a whole lot. If if he misses all three preseason games, then that definitely changes some things, especially if Jalen Guyton can uh, can start to get healthy. Um, other injury news: I mentioned it, the offensive tackle situation. You know, we were very concerned about the way that that offensive tackle room uh, played out on Sunday night at the scrimmage. Um, made the offense borderline unwatchable at certain times because you're talking about being down your first, second, and fourth offensive tackle, and then your sixth or seventh or however you wanted to diagnose that part was also out. You know, Brendan Hymas taking right tackle snaps for the first time in his career, from at least to my knowledge. Um, so the Chargers' offensive tackle situation is definitely better. Rashawn Slater was back at practice. The illness is... Um, apparently not an issue anymore for the bulk of the team. Um, pretty much anybody who missed time last week with whatever was uh, happening is back at practice. So Rashawn Slater was back. Zach Bailey, who was dealing with an undisclosed injury. Um, he's been back at practice working at right guard and right tackle from what I've seen in the uh, pictures. So still kind of experimenting with him and Foster Sorrell. And then, um, as Daniel Bridges points out, they signed Matt Kasky, former USFL standout for the Birmingham Stallions, who won the championship there this year. So tackle depth is at least back on stable footing as of this moment. Yeah, they'll be able to do what they want to do in the preseason to get the certain you know units out there that they want to see. Uh, remains to be seen what they'll do with McFadden. I don't think he's he didn't get any reps at left tackle or any tackle side in the scrimmage. And then basically no. since we saw him on Saturday, I guess, it, that's really been it, right? He's, he's been a guard primarily since everyone came back. Correct. Yeah. Saturday, um, Saturday he was at left tackle when we were there. And then Sunday at the scrimmage, he was left guard. Mm -hmm. um, and Foster Sorrell was left tackle. And then, what's his name? Number 62, um, Trainer Andrew Trainer was, was the second team left tackle that day. So, um, I, to my knowledge, McVannon has not played any offensive tackle this mm -hmm. week. It's been purely guard. Yeah, that's fine. I, I'm glad that they have, again, still worried about the, the tackle depth overall, but at least they have functional tackles who can get you through the preseason. Like, Zach Bailey was pretty good in the preseason last year, if I'm not mistaken. I'm so excited to see him out there again. Uh, yeah, he was he was pretty good in the last preseason. So, um Final bit of injury news, I guess, here. J.C. Jackson back in team drills for the first time since leaving practice with some soreness. Um, so I haven't heard much about how he's looked, but again, like he's out there. Sounds like he's performing well when when given the opportunity. Doesn't sound like they're targeting a whole targeting him a whole lot. 
Um, but again, he's out there. To me, that's a that's a win in and of itself right now. Um, with him out there, Asante Samuel Jr. took basically the the majority of the slot snaps today, according to mm-hmm. Daniel Popper, and uh, he continues to excel in training camp. He's had a fantastic, fantastic training camp. Um, as you mentioned, 16 passes defense, four interceptions. He had one interception Ooh. today, one more pass breakup today. And uh, he's responding as as exactly as any of us could have hoped to the potential uh, training camp battle that was ensuing between him and Jasir Taylor. So um, Asante deserves a ton of credit, and he's going to give them a ton of flexibility because of these reps that he's getting in the slot. I love that they, when JC came back, they did keep Asante Samuel Jr. out there. It was so... Matter of fact, just Jaw Taylor was the guy in the slot if JC and Michael Davis were out there. So, listen, whether he ends up being the guy or not, whether you know, against the Titans he's out there, I don't know. But I'm glad they're letting Asante Samuel Jr. actually go out there because he's he's earned it. Like, you give me, you know, 10 seconds to come up with the five best players at camp so far. He's probably one of the first three guys that I mentioned. He's yeah. arguably the first defender that I mentioned, um, both because of how he's played and how he's responded. And it's just, it goes back to, you know, why I think so many people, at least for myself, liked him coming out of college and why, you know, Steven, like, I know, like, a trait for you watching corners coming out of college is just like resilience and tenacity and just being able to respond when there's so much adversity. And Asante Samuel Jr. has been the, you know, the short guy, the small guy, the guy you pick on, the, you know, and like a second round pick. So maybe not like a first rounder, but, you know, They've, there weren't a lot of people touting him as like a first round pick to your to your point there. Like he, yeah. he was very clearly like a day two guy in most people's eyes. Right. And mostly because he was just too short. He's too small. He's <laughs> not a four three guy or whatever. And he just keeps responding every time he keeps responding. And even just like statistically last year, he responded to his rookie year. So if, if he can keep doing that, keep the mentality, Derek Ansley and him seem to be working great. Um, all the secondary, you know, coaches. I think Donatel is also a secondary coach or assistant DB coach. All those guys are helping out so much, and he's just looked great. And it's not anything really against Jaw Taylor or anybody else. Asante Samuel Jr. just shows why we all wanted him when the Chargers got to the second round, and why he was so special. Yeah, yeah, he's been a ton of fun to watch, and obviously read the reports and. Um, again, I, I keep mentioning this, but he's he seems to have taken such a strong leap forward in just like the mental aspects of like down to down basis of the cornerback position. Um, just the consistency in which he's playing it, it is really, really high level stuff right now. So um, again, this all needs to come together, but if you have Asante at this leap, you get JC Jackson healthy and you get Michael Davis from last year, this cornerback trio is it's going to be nasty. So um, to Frank's question here, um about jc jackson uh, i guess not really a question but a, a statement rally says a little concerned that the first look may be against those dolphin receivers in terms of jc jackson and his recovery like i think if he's healthy like he'll be full go but you can kind of hide him a little bit until he gets up to speed so like you can make michael davis your isolated island yep. cornerback that's what they did last year and then you can always make sure you have help for J.C. Jackson over the top. That will allow him to be aggressive. It will allow him to, you know, go uh, go after these receivers in a, in a way that was not really the case for him last year because he was he was the number one guy when he was out there. Mm-hmm. And so with Michael Davis able to take that responsibility away from him, 
you know, he can kind of get back into the swing of things and not have the pressure of being a true number one corner. So he, we might not even see him against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, or at least not very much because Michael Davis and Asante can, can both do that for him. Yeah, I think they'll be smart about how they deploy him. But like you said, Michael Davis, I'm not saying he's CB1 because he's not paid like it, nor is he even on the team next year according to their current contract. But like until JC really gets back up to speed, he can be the corner one. He was yeah. last year against the Dolphins when he played really freaking well. Um, so I'm excited to see him out there. And I think that, yeah, JC's first look will be against the Dolphins. Um, that's pretty difficult. I know his first look last year was against the Chiefs. That didn't go so well. Uh, Dolphins receiving core is definitely better, at least in terms of wide receivers. So I don't know. Like you said, I, I think they can hide him enough. And frankly, is that offensive line going to hold up? You know, is Brandon Silly going to yeah. let be an issue? I don't think so. Yeah, if you've seen the the videos from Dolphins training camp, that offensive line is is kind of a mess. I believe Teron Armstead has missed some practice here and there, or is on the pup list or something. I'm not sure. If anybody else knows in the chat, feel free to let us know. Oh, if he's out that game, it's a, it's over. <laughs> yeah, because Teron Armstead <laughs> is gonna miss time. Like that's that's his thing. Like he misses like four or five games a year. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's on the field, like he's one of the best left tackles in the league, like 100. percent so if he's missing week one and you're talking about, you know, Joey healthy, Khalil healthy, Thule, the way he's played, all of the stuff that Brandon Staley can throw at you in terms of the blitz packages, like I feel I feel good about the Chargers defense in that matchup. And if Tehran is healthy, then that changes a little bit. But for the most part, I think that Brandon Staley has shown enough that he'll be able to get after this offensive line, mm-hmm. which is even with Tehran Armstead healthy is not very good. Yeah, I mean, he showed that against the Chargers at the scrimmage. Oh, you're missing two of your tackles? That's fine. <laughs> I'm sending everybody. Send the house. <laughs> yeah, send the house. And I don't even have Joey out there, but I'm and or or Bash or Johnson. Like, but I'm sending everybody. Um, and that Chargers interior is actually good. The Dolphins don't have that trio. They don't have you know Corey yeah. Lindsley, Zion, Jamari in the interior. So I, I hope those running backs are working on their pass protection drills. Which, by the way, look like the linebackers are, and they're getting ferocious. Yeah. So if yeah. they get to be, if, if Brandon Silly gets to send the house against the dog, this is so far down the line, but we're I so know, excited right? <laughs> about football. Like, like it, it's okay. We'll move on. I'll, I won't keep talking about a game that's not for another four weeks. Yeah. But uh, excited for those four weeks. Also, speaking of, I uh, was looking at ticket prices the other day, and week one is very affordable. I'm just going to throw that it out is. there. If you're on the fence about going, tickets are, are affordable right now for that week one matchup. So mm-hmm. uh, go check it out. Um, all right, so let's talk about before we dive into like matchups and things to watch. Uh, let's talk about the line of like players where we know they're not going to play. So let's run through some guys that we okay. know who are just not going to play because Brandon Staley, you know, obviously is going to arrest a lot of guys. So, um, Tyler, just quick yes or no of, of who you think is going to play or not. Obviously, we okay. can rule out Justin Herbert, I think we can rule out Corey Lindsley um what about austin eckler do you does he play in the preseason no eckler doesn't play keenan doesn't play mike williams doesn't play gerald everett probably doesn't play uh no one wants to use ender horvath but he'll play um and no Corey lindsley and and probably no trey i would say no trey because he's been injured and i would say no slater for sure no slater will not play for sure yeah on offense i think it's you know quentin and you know some of the guys behind him and then it's really just like Zion and Jamari for a series, 
Yeah. You don't really have to like learn more about them. You just want to get them out there in game action. Just need some more reps for sure. Yeah. So they'll get their, you know, 10 reps or whatever it is, one series, maybe two. That's kind of it. Like the starting offense is basically sitting. Yeah, I would I would assume the the starting offensive line for the for the Chargers is going to be some combination of Zach Bailey and Foster Sorrell, the tackle spots. Yeah. You'll have Will Clapp, Zion, and Jamari. Um, and that will be the five for a couple drives you know, tops, and then you'll bring in McFadden and I don't know, maybe Andrew trainer and kick Zach Bailey inside, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, Gerald Everett, I think he he didn't play last year, right? In the preseason. I don't recall him playing, but I also, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Um, We'll see a lot of Parham. We'll see a lot of McKitty, a lot of stone smart. Yeah, um, in terms of the tight ends, and that's those are important reps because those guys are all yeah. gonna have to prove that they can block <laughs> at a high level. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's safe defensively. Obviously, um, Joey and Khalil will not play, Sebastian's not gonna play because he's injured. I think we can include Morgan Fox in that regard as well. Yeah, yep. No, he's no, like, like, like last year, I get why they had to have a bit of a rotation. Nah, he's not, he's not playing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Kendrick's not playing. What about Kenneth Murray? No, I don't think they'll play him. Uh, JC Jackson, definitely not playing. Derwin, not playing. Um, Michael Davis has played in the past, although last year his status was much more unsettled. Does he play in the preseason? No, I don't think he plays. I think they go Jaw, Zont, Dean as your starting trio. And I think yeah. Zon doesn't play all that much, and the other two play more. Yeah, Zante will play probably a couple, couple series. Um, Alohi will Alohi play in the preseason? Hmm. <laughs> well, I can tell you this: they have as much confidence in him to not pay John Johnson a million dollars. So I think that they're pretty set on Alohi Gilman, which kind of figured. Oof. Okay. Okay. So if Derwin doesn't play, Lohi Gilman don't play. It's JT Woods and probably Raheem Lane or Mark Webb or whatever. And you do want to see those guys out there. But uh, I think Lohi plays a couple series in each. I game. could. I, I could see him playing. I could see him playing. I Especially just from playing. like a a body standpoint. Like I think he. I think he probably has to play a couple series. Yeah. So starting yeah. defense probably. You're <laughs> looking at Thule. Um, some combination of Nick Williams, Chris Hinton sounds like David Moa's having himself a, a good week of practice. Maybe he gets in there, Chris Rumpf, and then Murray. And it's been Eamon Ogmogmamiga stepping in with the second team yeah. defense after Eric Kendricks. So it'll be Murray and, and, and Eamon for a couple drives, maybe. And then Eamon, and we'll see what happens with the other linebacker spot. And then, like you mentioned, uh, Jasir Taylor, Raheem, or not Raheem Lane, excuse me. Jasir Taylor, Dean Leonard, Asante, and then Raheem Lane and Alohi Gilman as your starting defense. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that sounds about right. I guess it makes sense in Murray to play a little. But yeah, I, I don't think, I don't know how much has been reported on the whole linebacker rotation, but I think there's going to be a segment of surpri- uh, of fans who are surprised that Deion Henley's like not the guy starting out there as, as like the first guy or even maybe even the second guy. Um, But yeah, I I don't think he's going to be out there with that first group. 
Yeah, I uh, I don't think so either. Um, in regards to the quarterback position battle, um, I think Eason's stick is going to play a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think this is going to be a stick and Chase Daniel situation where, where they kind of alternate starts and alternate playing time. I think they're going to give stick a lot of reps. I think mm-hmm. he's going to start all three games, and he's had himself a, a really solid training camp. He has, to his credit, um, made some plays. You know, we saw at the scrimmage he had a couple beautiful balls to uh, John Hightower. You know, especially on on uh, on the move. So I think Stick is going to start all three games, and I think that he's going to play a lot for for the preseason. Yeah, I think they. I think Brandon Silly said Stick's going to play a healthy amount, and then Duggan's going to play some. So we'll see. Uh, definitely yeah. a definitely a half though and i'm actually excited for it you know we'll get into the game in just a bit but he's been pretty good like not yeah. elite by any means but solid backup quarterback yeah he's I, the thing that with easton stick that we always wanted to see was him being able to manage the offense and be able to get in these situations where he's not just relying on his legs to you know really move the ball down the field which has had been the case in the past and that's what he's done this year. You know, he's taking the check down. He's going through his progressions. You know, he's making plays on the run with his arm as opposed to running autom- automatically. So he's taking a good step forward and he deserves some credit for it. Uh, and I think there should be some excitement about watching him play. Um, Ed Mies is pointing out this is a, a Max Duggan versus Stetson Bennett rematch from the national championship <laughs> game at SoFi Stadium. Let's uh, yeah. hope this time ends up much better for Max Duggan than the last time that he played against Stetson Bennett at SoFi Stadium. Yeah, what was it a forty <laughs> something to twelve or whatever it was? It was no, dude. It was like seventy to seven. It was worse than that. Ah, <laughs> oh, here we go. Sixty-five to seven. Oh my um, gosh. That will be an interesting recap on the Chargers YouTube channel if they lose sixty-five <laughs> to seven. I'll be reevaluating everything. <laughs> oh man, that's uh, that's so funny. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's dive into this game, Tyler. What is uh, the first matchup or storyline that you are most excited to watch on Saturday night? Yeah, let's continue the theme of what we saw at the scrimmage, which is this interior defensive line rotation for the Chargers against the interior offensive line of the Rams. And I don't know what the order is going to be, but everyone that we watched in that game looks pretty good. If we've seen them at at practice, they looked pretty good. Once again, Jerry Rogers continues to do great things with the D tackles. 
So I, I want to see Gerard Clark out there, and I want to see David Moa out there, and I want to see um, Scott Matlock, Chris Hinton. They've all been solid performers in camp. And I honestly, like the Chargers' interior offensive line is one they've invested a good bit in, whether it's, you know, the signings or graphics or whatever. Um, you know, Will Clapp is a veteran and so on. So to see the defensive line really fight, and I think kind of be the better unit so far through camp is great. So I really want to see how they do and how they fare against the interior offensive line because there are potentially, and right now, I think almost guaranteed, two spots available. Now, you could say one's Hinton and one is some other player, but like there are two spots that are available that are currently not taken by Austin Johnson and Otito Agbonia, who really there's no end in sight for their injuries. So I think that's one to watch because there's two guys fighting for jobs. Like there's two spots that are open, and I think four or five guys at this point could take it. Yeah, you mentioned this battle. Like I think, you know, when we're watching these units play, a lot of times it's second team defense versus second team offense. So, you know, uh, Nick Williams, Scott Matlock, they're going against the Chargers second team offensive line, which like I think you feel good about Zach Bailey and Jordan McFadden. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like. The Rams have some young interior offensive linemen that are going to be starters for them. You know, Steve Avila, who they drafted from TCU, he was my number one guard in this past class. I, I loved his tape. I think he's going to be a, a fantastic pro. I would imagine that he plays, you know, a few series in this game. Uh, Logan Bruss, who the Rams drafted in the third round in 2022, he's going to play a lot for this team, and he's going to play mm-hmm. a lot in the preseason. So, um, you know, they they have 37 rookies on their team. Like, they're going to play more <laughs> starters than the Rams usually do. Yeah. Um, you know, we're obviously we're not going to see Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, but like sure. their offensive line is in flux right now. I saw a story from Jordan Rodriguez that Joe Noteboom is who has played left tackle for them in the past. He's been rotating in at guard because they're just trying to figure it out. Oh, so really? they're going to have yeah, they're going to have starting offensive linemen in the game in this matchup. Whereas in the past, you're not you're not talking about uh andrew whitworth and guys like that who are playing so yeah this is going to be a good opportunity for the chargers defensive line in general to have a, an opportunity to go up against an offensive line that's not their teammates and uh be able to have some good matchups in this one so i think starting with defensive line versus the interior offensive line of the rams i think was the right call yeah and i mean honestly the other side of it too is i looked at the defensive line the interior defensive line for the rams there's two rookies. They don't have a single player returning from last year or added from last year um, or added in the draft or whatever who played more than 340 snaps for them last year. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's both sides of the football. There's an opportunity for the charge to show their young talent or developed talent at offensive line, defensive line. Yeah, I'm going to go to the other side of the ball for mine. And this running back battle between Joshua Kelly and Isaiah Spiller mm is really going to start to take shape. I mean, obviously at this time last year, Joshua Kelly was putting out some really good tape against the Rams, against the Saints in those preseason games. And that's really where he started to separate himself. You know, we've seen the physicality really ratchet up at, at practice this year, especially in the pass protection drills against the linebackers. Um, you know, Isaiah Spiller definitely has a defined role as a pass catcher mm-hmm. behind Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly. But this is where the RB2 snaps are really going to be determined. And, um, you know, I think we feel good about where this offensive line could be, especially on the interior. Um, But this is going to be the opportunity for one of these guys to start to separate from one another. Um, Isaiah Spiller had a couple good runs today. Joshua Kelly had a couple good runs previously this week. So 
this is a group that really needs to get settled because every year we talk about the need for an RB2. Like, you know, and Austin Eckler has really done a great job of staying healthy, but you're one injury away from one of these guys having to be the starter. And mm-hmm. so th- this is an important position battle. And, and again, this is their first opportunity to really show what they can do in a full speed game, you know, being able to break tackles, which as we continue to point out, Joshua Kelly has said multiple times that that's like the most important trait that they value is their ability to break tackles and gain yards after contact. Yeah. So Kelly and Spiller, I think is for me is, is one of the more exciting things to watch this week. Yeah. That's one of the true actual position battles that's going on. And I definitely didn't think it would be as close so early right now, at least in terms of the reps that they're given. So I really want to see how each of them does in the roles that maybe they aren't expected to have as much. Like, I know Joshua Kelly's a better runner right now. I don't really think that's much of a question. And I think, a bit more unproven here, that Isaiah Spiller is probably a better pass-catching option. They've certainly asked him to do more. So I want to see, like, how does Isaiah Spiller look strength-wise? Um, last year, I don't think the line did him a whole lot of favors. But and he didn't have an explosive right. run, but you could see like he gained maybe like another half a yard or another yard, you know, over expected, which is great. But I want to see him like, can he sustain a bit more? Can he, like you said, um, continue to add yards after contact? And, and then Kelly, what is he like as a receiver? And really, what is he like as a pass protector? Like that is if one guy's given up two sacks in the preseason, it's going to go to the other guy. Like almost no matter what, because that RB2 is going to yeah. have to pass protect in certain situations. So Seems like both are at least good at it. Joshua Kelly says that in pass pro, that's his favorite thing to do. Like that pass pro drill is his favorite thing to do, yeah. which is I wouldn't want to block Kenneth Murray um, over and over again. But <laughs> if you love that drill, man, go for it. And But it's helping him, right? Like that report from Daniel Popper, I think yesterday was like great rep, great rep, great rep. And then like lost another one to Henley or whoever it was. But they're just getting really meaningful reps. I, I really want to see this battle live. But against you know people you can actually hit and like it's okay because it's it's the defense yeah and then again this is you know this is a great opportunity for uh Huzman and Dotson to be able to get out there as well so you know we're they're kind of long shots but at the same time you know Austin Eckler was a was a major long shot at this time of his career and the preseason games were really what uh, allowed him to cement his status on the roster so you never know um all right Tyler what's uh what's next most exciting thing to look for on Saturday night for you yeah, uh, give me Thule against, I, I don't know who it's going to be, Alaric Jackson, Warwick McClendon, you know, whoever it ends up being. I don't know yeah. if they're going to start out there. Um, but he really, like, Thule's really been legit. And I'm not saying that he's going to be, you know, edge one of the future next year. But he's started out so much better than I th- like, than I really thought. Yes. Because, like, he's just, yeah. I wasn't sure what he would be, right? Because you see so, much, so many good things in college. But he's young, and he didn't play a set position. There was no one thing that he did. It was like, okay, I'm just an edge rusher. I'm just a D-tackle. He did so many things, and yet he, he jumps in, and every time I see him out there, he looks very mature as a rusher with his bend, with his hands, with his power. This is a young player who really didn't just play as a set edge rusher, and yet he, he gets to camp, and every time I see him, he looks great. Um, you mentioned the motor at the scrimmage to just get a sack because – He's explosive. He's quick. He's got that motor, and he just gets a sack because he just flat out beats the guy unblocked. So yeah. I'm really curious to see how he does. And something tells me that you know he's going to want to have a really good debut playing in his first LA game in the NFL. Yeah, there was a a moment on Saturday when we were there 
when um, I think it was Ty Shelby like came in for him and Thule was annoyed that he was getting subbed <laughs> out. And that's that's who he is, right? Like he wants to be able to play like as much as possible. And he's going to get the chance to do it in the preseason. You know, he's going to be able to play. I don't think he's going to play like 100% of the snaps by any means, but he's going to play 40, 50 snaps, I would expect. Mm-hmm. And the way that he's been talking about things, like stylistically, you know, somebody asked him this week, like, do you feel like you would compare yourself more to Khalil or Joey? And like my first instinct would be like, oh, like Khalil, because he's like, a, he's been like a power rusher. Like that was his, his kind of his game yeah. in college. Um, but he said, Joey, he's he's like, I, I, I don't feel like I have that kind of power. I feel like I'm more of like a potential like finesse and speed and hands rusher. Mm-hmm. And I think that should make us excited because I think that's showing that he wants to be that kind of technician, which we yeah. didn't really see in college. But again, like you talked about, there were games where he was playing nose tackle in that USC defense <laughs> against Stanford. I'm like, what are we yeah. doing with with this 260-pound edge rusher? So I'm excited about Thule. I think he's going to get some great opportunities in the preseason. And again, like the Rams are going to be part, they're going to have their starting tackles out there. Like he's not ratted out yeah. how good they are, but you know, he's going to go up against the starting offense. And I think that mm-hmm. is, is something to be excited about too. Yeah. Cause he's looked really, really good so far. I think he had another sack today. I could be wrong, but every time I read Daniel Popper's report, it's like, Oh, there's another good play or he forced this or a sack. Um, this dude is not 21. I just had to Google it. He's not 21 until the preseason's over. Like when September 3rd, <laughs> Is when he turns 21 and if he can go out there and look really good from day one like he has been that's that's really exciting like to it's just nice to get a player outside of the first round who it's like it's everything you wanted and the team needed um again it's very 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 early but it's just great to see how much he's i don't know if improved is the right word i think established himself early on yeah i mean i, I feel like i was probably higher on his rookie projection than most but he's exceeded my expectations so far, and mm-hmm. this is going to be a great time for him to, you know, establish himself and and really earn that role. Um, next for me, I'm I want to see how these secondary players tackle, and this is not necessarily yeah. something that I'm excited about. <laughs> I think like I, I think excited is probably the wrong word there, but it's a key thing to watch because JT Woods, what's his primary concern of ours for him? Tackling. Asante Sammy Jr., what's our only concern of his? Tackling. <laughs> like, this is mm-hmm. the first time where these guys are going to be able to get running backs to the ground, and I would hope that they would be able to get these guys from the ground and, and make an impact. Like, I want to see JT Woods get tested. I want to see them throw the ball his way. I want to see Asante Sammy Jr. like have to come up in the outside zone or, you know, crack and replace. Like, I want to see these guys who – we're not too sure about their ability as tacklers to get some opportunities in that regard. Um, and JT, again, like you talked about, like I want to see him get some targets deep. Like I want to see him start mm-hmm. building his confidence up as a playmaker because we haven't really seen a ton of that. I think he had a pass breakup yesterday in practice, um, oh, but he's cool. not he's not getting targeted a lot. Like he really isn't. So he was targeted two or three times when we were there um, on Saturday. I think he got targeted when John Hightower beat him deep on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Um, But he really is not super involved from a target standpoint. So I want to see JT and Asante get some opportunities in the areas that we want to see them get opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. JT Woods probably has the most questions to answer of any Mm -hmm. player on the team. I, I would think 
you know, like you want to see Easton Stick perform well. You want to see Trey McKitty do well. You want to see Foster Sarrell play well. But like JT Woods is like the, one of the few guys that are out there who's actually going to play or is projected to play a lot this year. And and the what the the not greatness, the performance that he has, whatever the word I was looking for throughout the year really kind of determines how far the Chargers can go in terms of success. Uh, the the ability to allow Derwin James to do what he wants is something they are looking for and have been dying for and praying for and just trying to cycle through these other safeties and they could never just find another guy. And I mean, maybe JT Woods isn't that this year, but if you can just be okay enough, that'd be great. So him against the run, I think would be the, the story for one specific thing, I think. He has so much to prove, and I think Chargers fans should see at least an improved version of him. But with that said, like this maybe isn't the defense that Staley's going to call all the time. This also, I guess, isn't the right. offense that McVay is going to call. These aren't starters. It's not the groups that you're maybe going to see on a routine basis. He probably will have a you know a better pass rush in front of him when Joey and Khalil are out there. But like, so if he if he misses the tackle, you know, hopefully the fans aren't sky is falling. Um, but yeah, I, I do want to see JT Woods have. A good debut like just set the tone i feel bad because i feel like from like the first preseason game where whenever he ended up playing fans just kind of wrote him off and i i feel really bad because he's like oh here's the guy who can't tackle here's the the raw talent you drafted in the third round here's another telesco reach and what does he do rough preseason and then just basically didn't play it through the year so hopefully yeah. he can set the tone and really start reversing some of that narrative and then i hope dean leonard has a great game he got picked on Last time he played the Rams, he gave up two catches for 65 yards and a touchdown. He had that pass interference, like, and it didn't look good. And it looked like, you know, the seventh round pick that he was, who didn't get any college experience. Um, he's been great. He's been great in camp. I think if you again ask me for like a top 10-ish list, I would say he's arguably in there, um, especially over the last week or so, and certainly at the scrimmage. So hopefully he has a nice, good bounce back, and we can kind of see how much he's evolved as a player from last year against the Rams to this year. Yeah, that's a really good one as well. And and Jasir Taylor, maybe just probably the whole secondary is, is a good way to frame that. Um, all right, Tyler, what's uh what's next for you? What are you watching for on, on Saturday night? Uh one Trey McKitty. Uh I <laughs> I do kind of if it's not JT Woods who has the most to answer, it, it might be Trey McKitty because the team, or at least Brandon Staley, does not go out of his way to praise him all that much. And this is someone who in 2021 said Jerry Tillery. Had a phenomenal camp. So if he's not going out of his way to praise Trey McKitty, maybe things are, are rougher than we realize. Um, and at least we saw that last year, right? Um, the, the Chargers need more from Trey McKitty. And I think he's been improved and he's been improving in camp. I think that's the scrimmage did a lot for like me as a, as a sort of media member, whatever, who covers the team. Like that did something for me because he had some good catches, had some good blocks. It's like, okay. I feel good about that. And I think he sneakily has a couple of good plays. I think Popper said like one of the best routes of camp was a Trey McKitty route. So just looking at some of the comments from Brandon Staley over the last few months or so, like, you know, Trey McKitty, we're gonna like we're going to need more from Trey McKitty next season. Um, you know, where is it? Uh we think that he has potential, but that position, the tight end position where you can find it, it changes the way people play you. Um, et cetera, et cetera. And then recently uh, about Trey McKitty after the scrimmage where he was good, the, the, the quote was just, he's improving. We're going to learn a lot more about him. 
when it goes live here in the pre-season or something right yeah he has to he, he has to prove himself i think he's improving but there's still a lot of work to do that's kind of rough you know i don't really see him brandon silly go out of his way to say something like that except for i forget which preseason game it was but it was the tackles where he's like yeah you see how how far these guys have to go <laughs> and yeah we, we, and, and it ended up being you know true so Trey McKitty, you know, maybe he has a lot to prove, and he he does. And so I hope he has a really good game. Whatever it is, you know, I, I don't really know what the Rams linebacker situation is like, but I hope Trey McKitty has a nice showing. As much as we talk about the negatives of what he kind of was last year, the overall net negative, the negative that was kind of the JT Woods pick overall, we want to see these guys succeed. The team's better when they succeed. I, I don't prescribe to the whole part of the fan base that just wants guys to suck <laughs> to prove that their takes were right or something like no I, I want my team to win a super bowl so i hope Trey mckitty is is at least solid and yeah. just continues to buy back some of the faith that maybe he lost after last season yeah it's an it's been an interesting dialogue obviously there was that albert beer albert breer excuse me um article where they didn't even mention Trey McKitty. They mentioned Stone Smart and yeah. not Trey McKitty. Uh-huh. Um so very interesting omission there. I don't know if that was by design or not. Um but if you go back and what read the um the coach's article that uh, Eric Smith did with Kevin Coger, you know, Kevin Coger is still really high on Trey McKitty. At least that's how it appeared in that regard. And at the end of the day like he's he's really their most true wide tight end like he has the the classic body type physicality profile to be able to be that wide tight end more so than parham and everett and, and definitely more than stone smart who's played tight end for like four games in his life um so it's this team needs mckitty to get back to what he was as a rookie and ideally improve from that Mm-hmm. But the drop off that he experienced last year was just so disappointing. Like he was somebody that as like as excited as you can get about a blocking tight end. That's how I felt about him heading into year two, mm-hmm. because I felt like he was really solid at the back end of his rookie season. So they need him to improve. Like the, there is no way for the Chargers to accomplish their goals on the ground without Trey McKitty becoming a solid blocking tight end. Like that's mm-hmm. just the reality of the situation you can work in a six offensive lineman from time to time, you know, with like the Hulk package that Kellen Moore does, but you're not doing that, you know, 40 times a game. Like that's like a change of pace, Uh you know, personnel package. It's like four five, six times a game. So like they need him to become a reliable blocking tight end for them to really reach their goals on the ground. So I I think that's, that's the right call there. And, you know, uh, we're talking about a blocking tight end for the preseason, I think is, is very fitting. <laughs> it's just so needed, though, because you don't really know how much you need Trey McKitty to be good until you've watched the offense of Trey McKitty being not so good. And yeah. the difference in what they're able to do with that and the success you can have, uh, you could really tell throughout certain games like against the Rams. He looked pretty good last year in the actual regular season. And the Chargers had a you know pretty good rushing day, pretty good day overall. You watch him against, you know, the Raiders and the, the stretch of games that he had to start the year wasn't so great. And they really couldn't find their footing. So, yeah, hopefully he improves. I, I know it, it's nobody on the show is it almost was like a deep cut talk about your tight end three blocking tight ends. I mean, you drafted with the compensatory third round pick two years ago, but the Chargers will need him out there. And like you said, you can't just you can't just have another offensive lineman out there uh, unless you're deciding that you're going to throw to that offensive lineman more. 
You know, Trey McKitty, <laughs> like Trey McKitty is an actual player who will catch the football, and you're going to yeah. need those those two way different kinds of players out there. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Quentin Johnston uh, in this show. I think that he's probably not going to play a ton, but Joshua Palmer's injured. John Hightower is injured. He probably plays like a good amount. And mm-hmm. we've seen some nice little moments between Easton Stick and him. Presumably the Chargers offensive line will be in, in good shape for a couple drives. Um, so I'm excited to see what Quentin does in his first NFL action in, in, in a semi-legit game. Um, but this is a, an opportunity, again, for him to go up some against some guys who are probably going to be starters in the NFL. You know, the Rams secondary is... Uh, unfortunately, on, on under <laughs> quite a rebuild over the last couple of seasons, there's no Jalen Ramsey, Troy Hill, Darius Williams guys out there. But, um, you know, Darion Kendrick is out there. They have some other interesting corners. Uh, Dakobe Durant, who I think has been like a popular breakout cornerback pick for them. So Quentin is, uh, you know, he's going to be the clear cut best receiver on the team out there. I think he might get force fed a little force fed target somewhat. So. Uh, I think we got to talk about Quentin for sure heading into the preseason. Yeah, I geez, that that's the most overreaction inflection point for the, <laughs> for the discussion after the, the game. first like, round pick. Yep. Yeah, if if he gets, you know, one target and it's ten yards, you know, fans are gonna be freaking livid because I guess Tank Dell I see has like forty five <laughs> yards and a touchdown or whatever. <laughs> Uh, like it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. I, I see this more as, you know, can you at least just make some plays look like you can hang, stay healthy, yeah. get out of there, go do it in the actual preseason or excuse me, the actual regular season. But I, I, I'm really curious what he looks like when you can't just tackle him down by touching his pads like they have in camp. You know, if he gets a shallow crosser, what can he do with it? You yeah. know, what can you do with it against the NFL, um, against the Rams? I don't know much about the Rams secondary. I don't think they know much about their secondary um, other than John Johnson, I guess. But like Kendrick isn't particularly fast that I can recall. Um, Michaela Witherspoon, I don't recall him being very fast or anything. So I'm just really curious what Quentin Johnson will do against these guys because Daniel Popper pointed out and nobody booed him like they did me that, you know, there were some ups and there were some downs for the, you know, for Quentin Johnson. And that's to be expected. So, you know, this is that moment when the lights are the brightest it's been for him, what can he do? The la- I guess like the really the last few times we've seen, like the last two times we've seen him where it kind of mattered a bit more. One was against Georgia, which we just talked about. They didn't score a ton. And that was a big point of contention for a lot of evaluators of Quentin Johnson because he wasn't so hot in that game. Nobody was. Um, and then offensive line was getting massacred. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't a Quentin Johnston reason that they lost. It was kind of just a, a Georgia massacred them sort of thing. And then when the pads came on and that's when he had, you know, the four drops, uh, you know, against air. And so, you know, I think that this is really his first moment in the national spotlight to do something. And it's, it's kind of how it's going to start. Every first round pick is going to be compared to the other first round picks. But in yep. particular, when you go in the draft, Receiver, 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 whatever it was, um, from like twenty to twenty-three or whatever it was. So it kind of starts now. Does it matter? No, but it is going to be the most discussed thing. Like we're talking about the tight end, you know, about Trey McKitty. That's probably the more important takeaway from the preseason. But every headline is going to be about Quentin Johnson, good or bad. Yeah, you know, I think that's probably the the spot to to end that. But um, 
you know, Daniel Popper in his article talked about just kind of like the learning curve. And I think that, you know, we as fans always talk about the hype stuff, right? Like it's so cool that he, you know, is making these explosive catches. And you listen to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams talk about him on the K Adam show. And like the first word out of their mouth is explosive. Like they, mm-hmm. they love what they've seen from him and we have too, but it's mm-hmm. also important to talk about like the adjustment that all of these rookies go through, you know, and not everybody who you draft is going to be a Justin Herbert or a Rashawn Slater. And like, sometimes you get a guy like Zion Johnson, who we all loved, but he had some tough moments as a rookie. Like that's just the reality of the NFL and Quentin Johnston the other day in practice, he has a drop that leads to an interception. You know, he gets beaten to the ball by Michael Davis for an interception, but then he takes a ball to the house on, on a, on a deep bender. Then he beats Dean Leonard on a go ball for a touchdown. Like it's just those learning curves are going to happen. And I would hope that like, we don't freak out and start throwing the B word around Quentin Johnson. If like tomorrow night he has a drop or something like that, like, this is all a part of like the normal maturation process for the majority of these rookies in the NFL. And while we're all very, very excited about Quentin Johnson, like he's going to make some mistakes this year and that's, Mm -hmm. that needs to be okay. Like that's just the reality of the situation for him and for all of these rookies who are making this kind of big time adjustment to the NFL. Yeah. And you have to be realistic to who he was coming out of college too. He has not played an NFL game yet. And yeah. so, you know, I'm sure, and I do believe he's improved since you thought, at the last game you watched a film from his in college, but there, there was a reason he wasn't unanimous wide receiver one, or even really wide receiver two, or maybe even three for some people. Like there were legit issues, mostly related to drops um, that he needs to work through and he needed to work through to be completely honest. He's exceeded all my expectations so far. And I think that just the way he's been able to work particularly down the field is fantastic to see and beyond what I think he could do. But like, there's a lot still to work through. And this year is really kind of a free year for Thule kind of as well. Like go find your way, get used to it, be yourself. Maybe next year, you know, you're the edge two for Thule wide receiver two or three for, for Quentin. But this year to like, just learn, you know, and that's awesome for the Chargers that they have two guys, one and two, that could be stepping into starting like true starting roles next year, that they get to just, you know, let it rip, do your thing, improve, make mistakes, learn. It's okay. Uh, they've yeah. been looking good so far and I hope that continues on Saturday. Yeah. hundred percent. And this, and like people will say like preseason doesn't matter and stuff like that. But if you watch training camp, it's, it's manufactured touches for Quentin Johnson for the most part, you know, it's screens, it's mm-hmm. yards after catch, catch opportunities. It's go balls. You know, Keenan and Mike and Joshua Palmer and Gerald Everett, they're they've been like the chain movers. You know, they're trying to get Quentin involved with mm-hmm. these explosive play opportunities. But in the preseason, he's gonna be target number one for Easton Stick. You know, he's gonna be yeah. the first read on a lot of these plays. You know, he talked, um, I forget where it was at, but he talked recently about like the X is like what he does most with the second team. Well, this is the time for him to be the primary X, like he's gonna be target number one. And these are important opportunities for him to start building some momentum into the regular season. So again, there's going to be a learning curve here for Quentin Johnson. Like there are for most rookies, um, CJ Stroud tonight threw a pick, right. And faced more pressure in that one game. And that those two drives than he probably ever did at Ohio state. So 
yeah um, these guys it's not all linear it's not all instant all pro success so mm-hmm. um we should definitely be very excited about where quentin and Tuli are at but if mistakes happen it needs to be okay just because that's part of the process right now yeah mike i'm hoping it's more than this but mike williams had 95 receiving yards his rookie year an injury thing sure but um you know it's it, he turned out okay not elite by any means and i, I hope quentin johnson can kind of surpass what mike has been able to do and that hey that'd be great yeah 21st pick in the draft um yeah it's okay if he goes out and doesn't have a fantastic day now if he has a great day it'll be the first thing that we talk about uh (laughs) after the show or after the game but yeah um yeah just pump the brakes i'm like i didn't love quentin johnson you didn't love quentin johnson didn't dislike him and I'm happy to be wrong about that that pick or that that take. 100%. You know that he was not the wide receiver one or even two. Um, if he's elite, great. And I hope that fans can be okay with, you know, not rooting for him to be bad. Because there are some people that just I don't I don't know what it is. Maybe I feel like it's really a Josh Palmer thing recently. Just you know, don't do that. Let let's all win. Yeah, it's better for the team to have more better players. <laughs> yes. So. Uh huh. <laughs> Yeah, you pay to see the games, at least win. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm excited, though. This is, uh, again, it's the preseason. By week three of the preseason, I'm probably going to be like, this is so stupid. Like, get, get this off my TV. <laughs> but right now, we haven't watched a meaningful football game uh, in, you know, obviously nine months. So uh, I need this preseason game to get here already. And, and I'm excited to see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, good luck to the Ravens continuing their streak of 25 yeah. wins or whatever it is. Yeah, my guy Tyler Huntley, you know, he, he knows a thing or two about keeping streaks alive. So uh, he should be fun. Um, all right. That's going to do it for us tonight. Like I mentioned earlier, um, we'll be live after the game on Saturday night for a quick recap with some initial thoughts, standouts, um, game balls, which as Tyler tweeted out uh, this year, we're going to uh, donate some money to some charity for game balls this year um, and uh, matching some statistics. So you know, Austin Eckler gets a game ball and gets 130 yards. You know, that's 130 bucks to to a charity that we will be donating. So uh, putting out some some uh, nice energy, positive energy out into the universe is, is something we're excited about this year. Um, and then we'll have a, a deeper dive into the game on the Chargers feeds on Tuesday. So, uh, Tyler, any final thoughts before we head out? Uh, Alex pointed out on Twitter that Quentin Johnson having 300 yards in a game is going to make us go broke. Um, but that's fine. If he has 300 yards in a game, I guess, you know. Yeah, there it is. Right on cue, Alex. The 500 yard Herbert. Game. Yeah, yeah well, well, we'll do like completion percentage, like 80%. <laughs> or something. Like, we can fudge the numbers a bit here, okay? <laughs> yeah. Uh, has he hit 500 yards, by the way? I don't think he has. Has he not? I don't think so. I know he's had a bunch of 400 yard games. I don't think you've seen a 500 yard Herbert game before. Somebody quick, honestly, tell honestly, us. Honestly, if you had a gun to my head, I would have said he's had a couple, but I guess not. What did Philip Rivers have against the Packers back in the day? That one game. Oh, Phil had, Phil had a, a bunch of 500-yard games. Yeah. Where is it? Is there a record for it? <laughs> this is how we have to look at like, the career high. Can you just Google Justin Herbert career high in passing? Oh, can I do that? Justin Herbert career high in passing. I'll tweet it out and some Dolphins fan will tell me why it's bad. <laughs> oh, uh, Alex says 538. When did he have 538? 538? That feels like a lot. 
Or was that the was that the Packers game? That was that the answer to the Rivers question? Oh. I don't know. Well, this is how we're ending the show. <laughs> <laughs> Rivers against the Packers was 538. Okay. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, Good yeah, stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll I guess we'll tweet out the Herbert career high later, I guess, or whatever. Okay. Um, all right. So uh yeah, that's gonna do it for us tonight. As always, make sure to leave us a rating and review if you are listening to this. If you're watching, make sure and subscribe, leave us a comment, like the video. All that good stuff really helps the podcast continue to grow and reach our goals. And we sincerely thank you for that support. Um, Yeah, we'll see you guys on Saturday night. As always, bolt up. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.